Welcome to the DeFi podcast, where we attempt to imagine the future of crypto, because foresight is what makes great investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment. All statements made by hosts or guests are strictly beliefs or point of views and are not recommendations to buy, sell, or hold any security. Hosts or guests may hold certain securities discussed in this podcast. Hello and welcome to the DeFi podcast. Uh, today we're speaking to Daniel Killeen. He's a business dev for Ava Labs focused on NFT, art, and culture. Uh, we're also having Dag back on. He's an expert in machine learning, distributed systems, and blockchain tech. He's the co-founder of More Money and is assisting in the launch of Dreamer Space Guild. We'll be partially talking about that today as well as the general NFT space. Amazing. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for coming on. Excited to have our first Apple Labs member on our podcast. Hey, very true, here. very true. Yes, and yeah. So, so we thought we'd start today. Actually, um, we're going to talk uh, a lot about uh, AI and NFTs, but we thought we'd start uh, with just the AVAX NFT scene. Um, Daniel, how would you characterize the scene, and uh, how is it going? Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, appreciate that, JF. Um, so, you know, I would say five months ago, it was a little bit of everybody doing a little bit of everything in terms of here at Avalaps, just because we were in hyper growth, you know, post series, a company with, um, you know, under 200 employees, everybody's got to kind of take a, take a pick and do, uh, their own share to make, make it work. And, you know, a lot of great things came out of that, but, um, in the bear market, you know, you have to realize, um, it's not sustainable to, you know, have a bunch of employees on multiple tasks. So we become more verticalized in our, in our operations. And since then we've, uh, hired a, a NFT lead, Dominic Carbonaro. So I work directly under him. I assist him in his day-to-day operations, um, a lot of legal finance, paperwork stuff, but also uh, strategy and execution. Um, and since Dom's come in, um, I think we, one, have had significant success already uh, with artists and talent, um, as well as uh, in uh, uh, specific sales. And two, we are having an identity so I'm going to speak more on the identity side, more so than the sales side, or um, and also I'll speak more on the artist side. Um, Ava Labs, I think, has had opportunities for identity in the past, but again, there hasn't been you know direct concentration on it. So we've had great things like the Banksy drop. Um, we had you know, Appas, Apes, uh, community-led identity PFP projects, um, but we necessarily haven't been able to you know. Uh, tag along with those and, and ride them through the entire bull market. Um, so now, uh, you know, we're focusing more on what is next and what, what are people consistently engaging with? And, um, the reason why we're having this call is one of the things that we keep seeing people engage with is generative art and also AI art. Um, now I'm learning more and more about these things, um, just because of research and time spent with, uh, individuals such as yourselves. Um, but we're also, you know, just trying to see what sticks uh, and, and where the market is going. I, and we hold the belief that when the market turns back on, PFPs and identity projects are going to have value. And I think there's a lot of value for community, you know, cohesiveness and working together to uh, find themselves within a brand or a brand build themselves up. But we're also seeing that not every project needs a roadmap and art as just art is going to probably be a large sector um, you're seeing the likes of, you know, the MoMA come in and saying that they're going to spend over $70 million in digital arts. 
Um, you know, I, I probably should talk to other large auction houses and they're all trying to figure out ways to figure, uh, to build provenance on chain, um, whether it be with uh, the physical and digital component um, being brought together or um, just something that is more accessible to their buyers uh, for NFTs and digital arts. Um, a lot of the buyers in the market for the traditional arts are not into NFTs, um, but again, you talk to the right people that are making the decisions and how these things work. Um, it sounds like it's pretty much destined at this point for a lot of your, um, just your art and the variables that are around it within the community are going to blossom in the next bull market. So we want to be really well positioned and we're trying to become, or at least I think we're on the, 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 the essence of becoming the art chain. Um, I can speak more on what that means in terms of values um, for myself and others, but yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. It seems like you're kind of on the way to that. Just just from noticing some recent things launching, it seems like even during a bear market, Avalanche is doing pretty well with different NFT launches. Yeah, exactly that. And I think one, we have the benefit of a large community that's already active. And then two, I think our community is receptive to new ideas as long as they're consistent. But even then I'm seeing, you know, with the consistency that we're having in quality of work and new artists coming in like Scribble Warlock, people are very uh, adoptive of what we're trying to do. So that's that's a positive. And I think they're gonna be more adoptive as they see more results. But if it's just cool quality content that's constantly streaming out, uh, I think most people will be very happy that they'll be able to collect and be part of it and be early, uh, so yeah. I'd be curious to hear um, what, when you say you uh, Avalanche is becoming the art chain, what would be the alternative plan? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So technologically, and there's some things we'd like to announce a little bit later on, but we have some advancements with subnets that you're able to do a lot more with block space. Uh, so obviously the issue now is gas correlative to ga uh, minting and how much block space is available on Ethereum or any other network. Um, given that, you know, I like the, the, um, the analogy that like subnets are like, you know, equivalent to having a Texas, your own Texas, a large state, a large plot of land. And then like L2s are like more like building within New York city and there's only skyscrapers and you know, so forth. Um, with, with the Texas analogy, you, you have basically the ability to, to transform metadata and possibly print metadata across, uh, multiple blocks. Uh, which would be really exciting and allow for a lot more creative experiences. There's just some other stuff that um, I can't really go into at this time, but we're really keen on, um, you know, exploring what the abilities are there uh, as well as just doing a lot more research for generative artists uh, with the ability to actually mint directly on chain instead of doing most of your work off chain. Um, so we're, we're diving deeper in there, but the, the artist art chain, um, is also something I want to talk about is we're doing artist spotlights. Um, we just announced the tap, tap, kaboom artist spotlight, which is long form content plus Twitter space, plus other engagements with community members. So, um, we recognize in other communities that there isn't really, or other chains, there really isn't, um, much to do for the artists except for Mintier. Um, and we want to elevate artists. We have a lot of really cruel creative ideas, uh, such as, you know, coming into our, our, our office and, you know, just doodling for a day uh, on the whiteboards and hanging out with us and making a space out of that to, um, you know, hosting uh, open open events uh, around the world for artists to auction their, 
auction or show their work um, in very, very fun spaces that we're looking at right now. Um, we want to be an elevator for artists, um, and this is a great way to support them. And I think as Avalops grows or as Av Avalanche grows, you know, in an ideal world, I'd like to take one creative company and bring them to the artists um, as part of my job. Um, I'm a big believer that, you know, my role will become very decentralized over time and it will either be just connecting <laughs> individuals or entities that are working with the Avalanche blockchain or, you know, just getting them started. How do we, you know, bootstrap ourselves here? Um, and less so of, you know, a lot of the day-to-day -day working through projects as I think project will be self-sustaining in the long term. So um, if I'm an artist, you know, and I want to work with uh, XYZ Creates with Fortune 500 company and, you know, I don't know how to get there, um, you know, I can I can speak to the Avalabs team directly and, and uh, find a way to make that work kind of thing. So you mentioned the word art a fair bit, which, which brings up a question to me, like, to which extent do you see the NFT space migrating more towards media as opposed to art in terms of like being more on the end of fine art? Yeah, there's two, there's two things. One, I mentioned the physical digital uh, component kind of being brought together, which um, can intertwine with everything between media and fine art. Um, so there's a lot of RFID technologies are coming out and you know, basically chips that are able to host blockchains um, and keep uh, a high amount of th uh, security threshold. I think there's a lot of connecting to be done between the NFT world and the physical world. So that's that's really, really bullish on that space. And then second, I think it goes more into the art world, the fine art world as first wave adoption. And then second wave um, with the, bull run, the next bull run, it'll go into more mixed media um, Explore, exploring different ways to really try to break the technology. Moving to um, AI-generated art, um, do you have a take on this uh, at this point? Or are you still sort of forming your opinion? I, you know, we, we had a discussion last week, followed by another discussion by some with somebody else. I am becoming more bullish on it. I'd like to find the time to play around with it. Um, Dali, stable diffusion, like we talked about. I think are going to be here for the long term. I think more I'm reading about it, the democratization of, you know, access to creating whatever you want is going to be very, very much a disruptor. Um, it, just simplifying the process of somebody who could never create before, but had great ideas and giving them access. I don't think everybody's going to make it out of it, like in terms of success, but I think there are some people that will blend mediums such as like video or um, photography and, you know, create entire new worlds or entire new stories or feelings for people. So bullish on that in the long term, um, still kind of figure out where's the starting point, where's the needle drop. Yeah, one uh, potential client to white label our tech that we've been talking to, um, you know, it's not, not a done deal yet, but the, what is coming out in that conversation is really new potentials for artists to integrate their audience into the work because you have this sort of immediate like machine where the artist can, like the artist can shape the machine but then the audience can contribute to it and in a way see themselves reflected in in the work in some way shape or form so i think that is one thing that is very attractive 
potentially in this space. And it's, it's great because it brings, like it really addresses the interests of a lot of the different participants here. It's like the audience, the, the market gets more unique stuff, I think. And, and the, the audience, I, I think, can become less of a simple consumer of, of this work. Yeah. There, there's, there's a former painting, uh, and forgive me for not knowing the name, but as you walk by, the perspective of the work changes. I'm, I'm fascinated with something like that taking place where I hold a piece and you hold a piece and we're seeing completely different things just because the way our brains are wired and we feel different emotions. And the AI is targeting you know specific types of people with certain, certain categorized emotions. That'd be really, really interesting. And I think that leans into what you're, you're saying. It's not just a basic consumer. It's, it's actually being a part of the, the, the experience itself. I believe there still are some really significant challenges here though. Um, something that we've talked about before, I think we talked about last week was also that there's, there's really this challenge in these models are trained with unsupervised learning. Right? So they're really good at taking in the statistical properties of their training data and regurgitating it in new and un unheard of sort of variations, right? They can generalize and then vary on things in, in, in ways which you hadn't expected completely. And they'll do something that looks cool, uh, but there's no clear direction often. Uh, and, and that is, I think, something that they'll be very interesting, hopefully for artists to, to, to figure out how to like inject their vision into these systems in a sensible way. I think that's something that we're really interested in figuring out. How can we provide the right kinds of undercarriage for that? I don't even know what it exactly will be. Is it like tools or is it, uh, maybe it's more social process. Um, yeah. That, could you educate us as to uh, how these models were actually trained? Like, where is the initial data and how was that selected, if you know? It's largely, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, it's largely images that were, you know, scraped off the internet, which have descriptive text associated with them. And, and there's also just some wider image data sets that get put, pulled into it, but particularly the part of it where you combine, can combine text with images, that comes from the fact that, you know, our HTML standards and, and the way we build web pages, we try to make them accessible. So we add descriptions to images. And that has been very helpful in order to train uh, these neural networks. And um, you've been watching this specific space with, with the visual AI for a while. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about like your reaction when DALI came out and Stable Diffusion? How did you like perceive the difference between the two and, and why did we get so excited about Stable Diffusion specifically? Absolutely. Now I have to say that uh, I am actually not deeply, deeply into the visual side of uh, machine learning. I have been historically more on the language side, but that's kind of neither here nor there. A lot of the, the, the mechanics are transferable. Um, what has been really interesting about this specific case of stable diffusion over DALI 2 and some of the other models which preceded it was that stable diffusion did two important things next to just doing a state-of-the-art image generation system, right? Like a lot of these are like, they have already been impressive in terms of what they can do, right? And, and we've seen this across a variety of different fields. We've had these technical jumps in proficiency 
of these systems with like GPT-3 suddenly like it produces very uncanny, very human-like text or DALI-2 produces these images and it can combine like some of the predecessors already, like it can combine concepts, like, you know, uh, like things that definitely are not in the training data, but it sensibly like puts them together, you know, like, I don't know, a pig bear or something that didn't show up before, but it's going to make it happen. And that was like really, really interesting to people. But what I find really important and something that I've been actually waiting for for a while about stable diffusion is that it's open source and people can modify it. And by golly, they are modifying it. They are running with it. They're plugging into new systems. It's just like there has this sort of Cambrian explosion kind of aspect to it, I think. And so that's the one part. And what contributes to that working out is that it runs on consumer hardware. And that's both, both driven by the fact that consumer hardware is getting better and by the fact that they're just getting better at getting these things small. And I just can't wait for like language models that fit on consumer hardware and that sort of stuff to happen. And the things that will, will come from that, um, it's not exciting to me. Um, so I think that's what it's about. And that's why it's so interesting to, I think the, the creative space, because now creative people can relatively cheaply make incredible things and keep stretching what the technology can do. And, um, how are we applying that to DSG and, um, the dreamer space guild and how do you see this project evolving? Dreamer space guild is in a way just, it's kind of a humble, uh, thesis, right? It's, we're going to do the most straightforward thing with this to get started because our understanding is that this is a very rapidly developing space. So the, in our opinion, the most straightforward thing has been to just say, we're going to do the thing, which I think everybody will be doing is to take this technology and figure out a way to tweak it to some goal, to some end, which in this case would be a unified look for a collection. So you, you inject some sort of vision, which in this case is, I think it's a cool one and it's a simple one as well to, because there's no, there's no sense in, in doing something wild at this point. It's something that is very straightforward. You inject a vision and then you invite the audience to inject their own part and own their part of it. Right? So it's like, you have this Mad Lib style, uh, like this is my character and we make sure that they all look like they come from one tribe. I think that's already a very powerful thing. I think it encapsulates in its simplest form, what, what will be an important principle going forward and building on top of that, like building on top of that, if you have a community, then you can say, okay, this space is growing. Let's explore it together because you, I, none of us here knows where the actual killer app is going to be, but we're really interested in finding out and we're really interested in finding that out together. And that's kind of how I came at this. Like, I want to have, I want to have a context within which to do this and within which to say, explore this. When in two months or three months, we get to the point where we have like really good, um, music generating AI available. What do we do then? Like what we're going to do hopefully is say, okay, we, we know some people in our community, 
who who have some insight into this, we're a going to like start this exploratory committee. We're going to, everybody's going to get the model. We're going to make sure everybody has GPU access to do that. And we're going to start playing around with it. We're going to exchange it. Okay. We have an idea. What can we do here? Is it going to be, um, yeah, we can like just do like, uh, an, like an online DJ party, like an AI DJ set and figure out a way to do this. That's like the simplest thing, but maybe we can be like, okay, somebody here knows how to actually build a small model to connect the music to images. We're gonna run with this. We're just like, it's not even gonna be like, like we're gonna make like, you know, like Winamp visualizations uh, like from yesteryear, but this time it's gonna be like AI generated images and it's gonna be so cool. And it's probably gonna be a really simple thing, but it's gonna be possible and we're gonna do it. And so then we like maybe make the first like music video or something like that. And so I just love this because we can explore so many things. And the goal is to start doing that with a community. I think just to go back to the beginning of that, um, it is going to be really interesting to see how it's perceived by the community, um, where instead of the usual way you see an NFT, which is like you have your base image that's modified in a couple hundred different ways, and then people get, you know, uh, different aspects have different rarity levels and kind of adds a little bit of scarcity and value to those those things. It's going to be interesting to see when people start playing it with it themselves, where it comes together as a cohesive collection, you know, the style, the way that it looks and feels is going to be, you're going to be able to tell that these are all part of the same thing, but they're going to be very different based on the user input, right? People are going to have completely different ideas with how they want to style their character or how they want it to, you know, look and feel, but all within that same thing. Yes, indeed. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward also to white labeling the technology that we've built because we can already see there's going to be like a wide variety of of different ways of doing this. So there's like some DeFi protocols, which I think will really spice up their, um, just their DeFi offering with like, no, we can also have like, you know, your position is an NFT and there's, there's this cool image associated with it. And, um, you can, you can improve your brand loyalty to this DeFi protocol in this way. Right. But on the other end, you're going to have like an artist, who has like a very clear vision, like there's a new kind of art form or like a new style that's like, like this. And I'm going to have everybody make an NFT in this style, but they'll be able to contribute to it. So you get to collaborate with your favorite artists. Yes. If they're hip to the new tech, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we can help with that, right? We can, yeah. we can help get them on. We're already in the process of exploring with some artists what this actually means to express their, their kind of aesthetic in this way. Can I, can I ask a question off that? Yeah, go ahead. Go Real ahead. quick. Uh, what, what does the onboarding process look like? Is it difficult? Is it seamless? How do you experience that? Maybe Jared could actually answer that. Full yes. disclosure, Jared and I have been working on this project and uh, Jared has actually been running a lot of the, the different um, uh, generations. Go get him, Jared. Yeah. So um, as it is right now, um, we're still kind of figuring it out because the process of working with stable diffusion is in some cases pretty easy. 
Uh, and in some cases, it's kind of challenging because if you have, for example, a art style that is very unique and that the AI doesn't know how to play with, um, it can be kind of challenging to get the specific desired outcome, right? So with, with yes. some people, you could probably integrate their, their art and you can get a, a nice outcome. But I'm thinking may have the ability to create a machine learning model to figure out somebody's art style, adapt it to the system that we're using, and then be able to take their art style and give them a tool to have a, That's a cool. way bigger sort of creative outlet with the use of AI. Yes. So I was actually, I actually hadn't yet talked to about you about that, but I've been wanting to. So, you know, this tech moves fast. Um, so I would say a week and a half ago, Jared's answer would have been the only answer. There are new answers here. <laughs> and um, we haven't yet used this, but there is the, the technique called textual inversion isn't quite as simple as you just type in a prompt and it gives you the thing, right? But we should be able with some training samples to train up specific ways to like train up a way to tweak the model to, to give us a certain style. And um, this, this has come up now a little bit in talking to, to clients about this. And we're hopefully going to like make a use case to try it out and see where that goes. But the good news is it's like already like it's going from just something that that a researcher can do to something that a user will be able to do uh, bit by bit. And so, um, yes, there are ways to do that. And we are exploring this as we speak. Right. Things keep on coming up and we will see. But there's definitely potential. To, to try that. I just can't wait to find the time to try it out with, with the, with some of the artists that we're talking to. Can I, can I ask one question off that is, is it like I'm a postmodern contemporary artist and you like type in these words that loves to use the color violet. Like, can you get to that level or is it like, you know, how do you express yourself to a machine and say, this is my feeling, this is my style. Do you upload your previous work and say like, this is what I've been doing in the past and find something similar there's there's different tiers to this right there's the first tier is you type in what you want and you try to constrain it by using keywords which you think it will like the next tier is you give it an image to start out with like this image will kind of set the color scheme it will set perhaps some of the features which prime the model in conjunction with with the text that you're feeding in the next tier is you perhaps predefine certain parts of the image and you tell it you, the model cannot touch these parts. You're masking them. Yeah. It's only, it's only in a certain area that it can express itself. So it will be very constrained by, and you can do partially constrained, fully constrained, all sorts of different levels of that. And then the next tier is you say, I have a corpus of my work and I want to see my work varied in different ways. Now I'm going to sit down with a GPU of my, of my choosing, and I'm gonna run some cycles training a model to represent 
my kind of aesthetic direction uh, in the system without having to train it all from scratch, right? You, you, you can just sort of augment it in a way. And you can actually augment it in such a way, you could, for example, define like a set of characters or a set of other visual primitives. And then you can go, you can go the extra mile where you say, I actually want to have, I don't know, you're that artist who puts bunnies into everything, right? And you have, you, you, you train your bunny concept, but then you say, no, but I, this time I want my bunny as if Van Gogh painted it. That's yeah, no, that's very great. Right. So you can do crossovers. Right. Right. You yeah. can, Cause there's, there's a lot of pre-stored imagery that's yes. replicable, and then you could just tweak and tweak and tweak and it feels like, um, you're playing with clay. Your 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 machine learning feels like it's equivalent to like a clay, basically, and you can shape it to however you desire. Essentially, it's cool. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, and if we've looked at other AI models, um, like I'm thinking about AlphaGo, uh, if you're you know using this clay analogy, like we're we're building um, something that looked like what other people have done, and you're you know you're able to to, to model it, but then eventually the AI gets so good that it. it starts doing superhuman moves, right? Like it starts doing things that a human would never do that is actually super interesting, right? Um, I'm, I'm wondering if that's gonna happen with art. Um, any, any opinion on that, Jack? Am I sort of crossing concepts or yeah, I think there's, a little bit? I think there's definitely that potential. I mean, what we're talking about here, um, there is, right. I think that the main impact will be more people are gonna be able to do it for cheaper, but some people, are going to do things they could never do before. Right. Does this whole concept give way to those that are more decisive and know what they want in, in life as a whole versus those that are just more like out there, creative thought, it might land, you know what I'm saying? Cause, cause what you're describing is, is your precision in terms of what your visualization is. And it sounds like you can do both, but uh, for those that have a lot of success in this domain, does it, does it fit better to those that know exactly what they want? single time. I think it's a good way to augment the ability of everyone, both the ones who are very specific and people who maybe are just trying to look for a direction. Yeah, I would agree. Or at least I would say we don't know yet. Yeah. You know, right. uh, that is what it looks like that everybody is augmented in some way. We don't know who's augmented more. <laughs> it's really interesting to see that the, you can see that there is like a whole range of open doors right here. And it's just a matter of who's going to go and explore each different door because there's a lot of them. Um, question for uh, Daniel, how do you think the community, um, our community is going to receive this? Yeah, mixed, mixed emotions, right? Because uh, <laughs> there's a disruptor and then I mentioned doing work for cheaper. Um, you know, I've been following NFT art for now like three and a half years, four years. And there's people that have just grinded through this space and then somebody comes in with a brand new technology and says, no, I could do it better and faster and more efficiently. And I can do everything you never thought you could ever do. That alone is a little concerning, obviously. And that's the premise of AI as well. Um, you know, uh, the superpowers of AI are, are yet to be tapped. And we as a society, I don't think are prepared, uh, especially post pandemic, where a lot of us are just trying to find our own identity in our own way. Um, then something new comes in and you know, supersedes us is kind of obviously a, a existential fear that many might, might run into in their lifetime. But to the other point, new palette. And I think the new palette might 
have a great adoption curve. Um, if people find that what they're making could actually express what they've been wanting to express for a long time. Um, I'm also thinking of people like disability, um, you know, I, I had somebody really close to me that wanted to be able to paint, but could never could, but ra rather now they can make a few clicks, which they're capable of from their, their, uh, their desk and, and express themselves in a full manner. Um, I think that that is very powerful. I, I can't give you like a, a 50, 50 majority minority kind of scenario and who sits on what, but I think with crypto, everybody is already experimenting or exploring because blockchain is a, a technology that, well, yes, it's been around for you know 30 plus years, or at least distributed systems have been around for 30 plus years. Um, is, is having, use your word, Cambrian explosion right now in terms of what's possible. Um, I think more people in this space would be willing to try or at least play around um, more so than like your uh, more traditional art artists um, that would be seen in galleries or museums. I think for the people who may not like it or see it as a form of competition, um, while it does open up, let's say, a new market for a different kind of art, um, I think it also creates a maybe more defined market for the people who are making it manually because there's, there's obviously going to be a section of people who, who say, okay, I don't want AI art. I want something that was drawn by hand or something that somebody did by themselves. And so I think you'll have a more specific sector of the market where people are looking for art that was actually created by a human. And then you're going to have the people who maybe like both or maybe people who just like AI art. That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, I, I would be uh, curious to know, um, maybe we can close out on, on the following. Um, Dag, uh, we're looking at the different um, tools that are being developed in the space uh, and there's work being done on, okay, can we use stable diffusion to do 3D visuals? Uh, there's a lot going on, I think, in sound. Um, maybe the next step after that is like full animations and movies. Like, where do you see this space going and what do you, even if obviously you don't know exactly how this is going to play out, what are you more, most like excited about? I think this space is going to be very exciting for a few months to come with just like people really exploring the potential and uh, at least one more medium being added. I think music is probably going to be the next one, if I had to bet where you have like a similar effect that happens. And then my expectation is that at some point, uh, probably starting next year, like some of the excitement is going to wear off and like video isn't there yet. Everybody expected it to be, you know, us to like make blockbuster movies uh, in, in half a year and we're not yet able to do it. And there's actually a problem that we hadn't anticipated. Um, all the while, I think, for example, in 3D, um, textures are just like, it's going to be just dominated by this, like making textures for games. I just imagine at some point a kind of, you know, stable diffusion, no man's sky game, uh, happening where, uh, it's just at least all the textures. I don't know about the, the sort of actual 3d, uh, models, like I, I'm not sure how how 
you know, the polygons are probably still going to be made by a human, but I may be wrong about that. Maybe they come up with some, I could see something clever being done. I could see something clever being done, uh, but it would take some work, right? If you could somehow do a very generative thing uh, in that regard. Yeah, I could. Hmm. That's what's uh, funny. Is if that's your reaction, if that's your genuine reaction, <laughs> we're, we're, we're entering something that is just such an open play playground. Then, if that's the, that's yes. What that so you asked what I'm most excited about. Um, what I'm most excited about is personally is just this whole people will keep on tinkerers be tinkering and what comes from that. And that's what I want to sort of be in. Um, there's significant potential in that. And there's, I think some like blinders, people aren't seeing everything that they can do. So that's like the, this tinker space growing, uh, I think will be very, very interesting, but at any rate, um, <laughs> these are some thoughts of mine. Yeah. Every time I talk to you guys, it's been week, two weeks now, I get more questions. <laughs> Followed by more questions. Uh, we definitely need to do round three, potentially round four in person. Round five, we'll see you in like the AI metaverse, I guess. Uh, by the, by the time that then it's only like three weeks of time, uh, based off what you're saying, it's already it's already built by then. Um, no, I think not to sound cheesy. I think you are all on a, a wave of correctness, and I think you're going to be right. I just. I can't even put into words some of my thoughts or feelings about this. It's just, just kind of like a, a point like that, that North star is, is going to happen. Um, and again, a lot of people I've talked to in the last week, I've, I've mentioned this conversation and, and they're like, yeah, we're exploring that too. And, and those that can grasp it from the technical level will be very, uh, happy, I think for their long-term, uh, prospects of business or just, you know, evangelism, uh, at the minimum. So keep on with the right direction. I think, I think it's really, really fascinating. I'm glad more of the avalanche community is going to be able to hear about this and see about this and maybe even download something for themselves and build something really cool. We're going to make it happen. And I would say to anyone watching who's interested in this vision and working on this, please, uh, you know, join us. Um, we're, we're building the community now. So, uh, you know, join our discord, follow us on Twitter, DM us. I think we're all, um, we're all open to, uh, to chat about this. Indeed. Yep, thank you so much okay so um with that um daniel thanks for coming on dag thanks for coming on again uh this is a pretty interesting conversation uh if anybody's still watching hopefully you are uh leave us a like comment <laughs> tell us what you think about this environment if you're for it or against it and uh yeah we'll see you next time thanks see you all next time thanks, thanks a lot guys so thanks for your time bye bye